Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Well fed. Well fed, my friends. <laughs> you know, like when people say well met in yeah. old timey movies. Mm-hmm. Well fed. Yeah. Well fed, sir. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Because I didn't eat for four days. That's right, you didn't. Yeah. I was grumpy. Well, we'll find out about your new eating habits when we get out of it, or into the outro, you know, the actual important part of this podcast. But we've got to talk about the wrestling first. And Ollie's got a theory that the American badass version of The Undertaker is returning. Don't worry. Loads of theories. You haven't clicked a podcast from 2019. (laughs) This is a 2020 episode of Raw, and let's review it. So, what happened on last night's Raw was AJ Styles came out of the back of the Elimination Chamber match with Alistair Black, where The Undertaker appeared and chokeslammed AJ for like the second time in two weeks, costing Styles a match, and AJ called him out. He didn't just call him out, though. He didn't do the usual, oh, the the dead man community. (laughs) He did something we, we don't see a lot of, and that is puncturing the kayfabe bubble around The Undertaker's character. He called him Mark. Full name, Mark Mark Calloway. Calloway. Which, spoiler, I still feel like I'm telling a kid about Father Christmas when I do this. Undertaker is played by a guy, a wrestler, a normal guy, who tweets about in his wife's defence and goes to gun shows. Well, this was, uh, this was the question I was going to ask you because I know how sad it sometimes makes you that The Undertaker has a Twitter account mm-hmm. and an Instagram and does use those for like day-to-day purposes. Yeah, yeah, it does get me down. I don't like it. So, th- yeah, so AJ cuts this shoot pro- work shoot promo. Oh, work, yeah, work shoot promo. All of it was planned, uh, but he... he calls Undertaker by his real name. He says, oh, Undertaker is married to Michelle McCall. Yeah. And he even said to the crowd, oh, you, d- you didn't know that. Everyone knows that. Oh, you didn't know that. Yeah, Michelle McCall is married to Mark Calloway, who plays The Undertaker. 
And that's, to my knowledge, the first time they've ever acknowledge that on, on, on TV. TV. Yeah, because like up until this point, the Undertaker character has been incredibly well protected of just like, you know, he is the Undertaker. He is the phenom. He is the dead man of WWE, this living legend. He is not a character. He's not a wrestler, a person playing a character. So this has led some to speculate that, that Reddit was awash with these theories. Um, I don't subscribe to it. To, to get this out of the way immediately, that this is to set up a more realistic version of The Undertaker, which we know is in existence already in WWE canon, although they have kind of pushed it to one side, and that is the American badass Undertaker. Now, I also don't subscribe to this theory. I think this is probably along the lines of... So, to remind me, last year, because it felt like we were having these discussions last year because Kid Rock was going into the Hall of Fame. John Cena was... Was it John Cena was calling out the end? Was this two years ago? This was two years ago. It was two years ago, wasn't Cena, it? Cena didn't have a match last year, but he... He did. He no, had a match. That, yeah, he came out as a Doctor of Thugonomics. Doctor of Thugonomics. That's the it. previous year was the ticket, and that was the Undertaker. And we thing. thought he was going to come out as because yeah. Kid Rock was going into the Hall of Fame. That's right. Okay, so I'm, all, I'm remembering this now. But so, to your recollection of this, was it a report that they were going to do the American Badass and then change their mind at the last minute, fan or was it just it was fan speculation? Fan theory. Okay, so I think this is just the same. We're going to have this fan theory every year until the Undertaker retires that he's going to come back as the American Badass when. He's already come back twice for this feud as the Dead Man Undertaker. That's a good point. So, like, why are we going to change the character now? Well, maybe it's like, you know, AJ's like, stop, you know, doing your stupid sneak attacks. It's not real. It's phony. I want to face the real you. But what, every, what is everything else phony on the show? Hey, that, I, yeah, that's why I find this promo very problematic, and I didn't like it at all. Okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, I get, yeah, we'll get into your super chat shortly about what you think, whether this is signaling an American badass return. As Laurie said in the office earlier, he hopes so because at least it will mean the entrance is quicker. Yeah. So he'll be on the motorbike. But, <sighs> like, I think The Undertaker will be, always be the dead man because, A, he is like, he's Mr. Saudi Arabia shows and the Saudi prince likes that Undertaker gimmick. B, I think that WWE themselves like the spectacle of an Undertaker entrance. They <coughs> like to be able to be like, there's nothing in this world like being a part of an Undertaker entrance at WrestleMania. So can you imagine for this year where you're just like, keep rolling, rolling, and the motorbike comes down and Michael Cole being like, there's nothing quite like a, an Undertaker <laughs> entrance at WrestleMania. Hushed. <laughs> Hushed all. As Fred Durst loudly rapped <laughs> badly over the top of it. I will go to bat for the American badass. Me and Laurie are on the same page here. There was a definite geographical divide in the office today. Blompier, Chopper and Luke on one side of the office were like, it's a load of crap. No, uh, and me and Laurie were like, I like The Undertaker's game. Uh, now, to um, people who listen to our Patreon podcast will know this. In the year 2000, I thought it was the coolest thing in the <laughs> world. In the year 2001, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. But in the year 2000, I also thought Limp Bizkit was cool, you know? But I'm 35 now, and looking back on it, it is a little bit lame. Oh, I liked it. I, was, I used the example of, I know there are better James Bonds. I know Daniel Craig is a better actor. It's a more engrossing character as James Bond. But my guy is Bronholm. Bronholm Bond. It's Pierce Brosnan, because he's the one I grew up with. 
and uh, I, you know, I, I was too. I just missed Dead Man. Really, I I was American badass. Yeah, I I would play Limp Biscuit a lot at home. <laughs> I I think hey, it, we we all did. We all did. Imagine AJ's in the ring. He's he's waiting. He's waiting. He's warming up. He's flicking his luscious locks, and then all the lights cut out. But then it's. We're here. <laughs> Fred Durst walks out of stage. I can feel the heat from those ladders. <laughs> um, but yes, just to, before we get onto the Super Chats, let's talk about this actual segment mm. uh, and the content of the promo. I thought AJ's delivery was you know, perfectly fine. It was the content of the promo I had an issue with. He started off saying, Undertaker, you should have retired three years ago. He, he effectively says he did retire three yeah. years ago. And the crowd go, go like this. Ah, yeah. boo. <laughs> but, oh, I agree with you. Yeah. And then he starts to say, you know, he says Mark Calloway. He says Michelle McCall. He blames Michelle McCall for making Mark go to wrestle. And I get like this wasn't connecting with the crowd at all. They were mostly silent because I could hear them all thinking, well, yeah, we agree he shouldn't really be doing this anymore either. And the reason he's coming back is for the Saudi money. Do you know what my issue with it was and why I think the crowd might not have been as behind this as possible is we literally had this exact pr same promo last, be last week, but it was with Randy Orton and Beth Phoenix. That's very, like, that's very good point. Yeah. Randy Orton's whole reasoning for attacking Edge was that Beth has made him come back and he's been filling, his, filling my, you know, uh, Edge's head with ideas that he can wrestle again. Now AJ's coming out being like, oh, Michelle McCall, you're filling uh, Mark's head with ideas that he can keep coming back. And I'm like, what's the exact same content? There is a world where that works. Paul Heyman just hates women. Because I was thinking about the similarities too. And I thought if AJ comes out and he starts to do all that to The Undertaker, and he says, you know, just like Beth, it all of a sudden doesn't make it look like lazy copy and paste. It makes it look intentional. Mm. And that AJ is a bit of a, you know, he's, he's just a heel looking for an excuse. Yeah. And that obviously isn't the case here. That's a separate feud. But I, um, I, I just thought all the stuff of, uh, Dumbasses, you stupid fans. It's Undertaker. He's not real. And it's such a dangerous thing to do to a gimmick that's on the precipice of being ridiculous. Yeah, I would also say that I think the other reason why fans were not into this is because they probably realised quite quickly he's not there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then like the sign comes up afterwards saying, like, Oh, you will love this right here. <laughs> <laughs> this goes right here. See, when that hits, that the crowd are going to go crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep on rolling. Know what time it is. Um, but I think, when, you know, especially when that sign comes up later, it's like, next week, the Undertaker-AJ contract signing. Um, again, it's like, Undertaker at a contract signing. Does sound like a lame thing. Mm. Um, that they were like, oh, man, Undertaker's not here. So it's hard to get excited about it when you want to see that guy and the guy's not there. Yeah. I Yeah, that, that is a definite thing that will take the steam out of the crowd. But I... I think the gold standard for puncturing Undertaker's kayfabe bubble is the CM Punk feud. Yeah. Because it, it, was, it was so well thought out, and he was effectively saying, you're, you're just a guy. You're just a guy, and I'm going to prove you're just a guy. Yeah. But he didn't. You know, like, it, was a, it actually came round that, oh, no, Undertaker is this mythical beast. And I thought it was really, really good at that. And Punk's you know, promo work was excellent. Bad taste. With, uh, Sp yeah, spilling yeah. Paul Bearer's ashes, who only passed away a month previously. Yeah. But hey, I, I personally thought it was excellent. I thought this was lazy. I thought this was AJ and Undertaker are feuding. Uh, have you got any ideas for the, the sort of motivation behind it beyond Taker just keeps choke slamming him? I'm like, 
Let's chuck in the Michelle McCool stuff. Hey, I suppose we could say that he's rubbish now. Yeah. <laughs> that might get people interested in the match. Yeah, so... Did you hear my... Um, <laughs> so the other fan theory I heard about the Undertaker-AJ match, which I didn't, I also never subscribed to because I always thought it was going to be a one-on-one -on -one thing, was that Alistair Black was going to be added in. It would become a triple threat. And I said in my Elimination Chamber review, it kind of works a little bit because that means AJ and Black can do all the heavy lifting and Undertaker can just come in and do his trademark spots. And so a good way to protect him and not expose him. Uh, and I was like, the way I would set that up on Raw is that I would have an in-ring segment between Undertaker and AJ Styles. Black just comes out to you know, continue his feud with AJ and just black masses the Undertaker and walks away. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You can't make the Undertaker look weak, though. Well, well it, yeah, no, instead you just got to say, your wife's pulling your strings. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, interestingly, Michelle McCool and AJ have the same finisher. That's right. They, oh, I hope he brings that up because yeah, yeah. that was like during pe like peak AJ TNA era. Yeah. And I remember when Michelle McCool started doing it, and everyone was like, I can't believe she's taken AJ's move. Yeah, the Star Wars Clash, by the way, not the Phenomenal Forum. Yeah. Um, and as another little weird Easter egg, Luke Gallows is standing behind AJ as he's cutting all this Undertaker stuff. He was fake Undertaker. He was fake Kane. Fake Kane, sorry. Yeah, who was the, 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 the brother of the Undertaker. Yeah, there you go. So is that all fake as well? I don't know where the line is anymore. <laughs>deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
you know who else is supporting Wrestle Talk? The $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. Thank you, Michael Plowman. That name again is. That's his name. That, that name, name again, again is Michael Plowman. <laughs> <laughs> Leader of the boys, Dalton Sizemore. Yeah. Golden Nick Holden. It's Mike. <laughs> uh, pick him up, Loot Sponge. Loot Sponge. Dot, 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 dive. Dylan Cachetta. Love it, Thank love you. it, love it. Nip it in the bud. Nip it, uh, Nipper Vico. Hey. Nipper Vico, maybe. You sold out, Jay Sellers. No, you didn't. Whoa. You bought in. Martin Santoya talking to me. Thank you very much. Oh, in my veins, mm -hmm. Viper Alistar. Lovely stuff. Sayonara, Kaney Grant or Cayenne yeah. Grant, not sure. Finding Jory, D. Bon. Finding Jory, it's a good joke. And The Vision, Adonis. Woohoo, thank you ever so much. Let's see what you guys think on the. Uh, the the su su super chats we've had a whole one thought one thought from a map from ket american badass undertaker is better than hokey dead man undertaker Look, dead man undertaker was from a different era like it was then it was the 90s you know and we and you know the early 90s when they were just these big colorful cartoon characters it's remarkable because really the undertaker character should have only lasted for a year like he was should have just been he was essentially let's build up a big guy for hogan to beat and for whatever reason, it just clicked and has lasted for 30 plus years. And now it's like, hey, actually, you know what? It's cool. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Just, it's just become of like WWE law. I, I don't mind a dead man. Do you foresee a time where American Badass is cool again? <laughs> well, you know, people... Because if you don't care, <laughs> we don't care. So during the, during the, the nought, the ought, or whatever we call the 2000s, during the 2000s, there were a lot of people who were like, you know what, the 90s was lame because the 80s were cool, but the 90s was lame. But now we've almost moved past that, whereas like actually the 80s was a bit lame. The 90s was cool, though. So I think in maybe another 10 years time, people would be like, man, the 2000s, that was cool. Because at the moment, I'm like, 2000s were full of, full of a lot of lame stuff. Like, mu music in particular was quite lame at that point. Yeah, it's really interesting. There is a delay of about 30 to 40 years where people who grew up in the 80s are, you know, now they're 35, 40, so they make stuff that they loved as a kid. Completely. That's why we got Stranger Things yeah, well, and, and, and all that stuff. And go back to the 80s, that's why people were making shows about the 50s, because that was their era. Back to the Future. Yeah, You're very Stephen space. King. Yeah, Stephen King stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, we're seeing it now. I mean, but that's why we sort of intentionally did CBW. No Rolls Barred, the promotion there is 90s, because we're sort of evoking that era that yeah. we grew up on. Also, the 90s was the best. Um, so we do some more Super Chats let's, uh, just let's before do it, we mate. get on with the rest of the show. Uh, Ryo Ondante, can we get Jerry off of commentary? I just can't stand his colour commentary anymore. It sometimes makes the show drag on. I'm happy I'm I will say, because Jerry's not great. No. But I do like him during Seth stuff. Like, he's, he's at <laughs> his best during the Seth segments when he is all out heel Lawler who's just saying Seth is right. And the other two commentators are idiots because they don't buy in. Like when Alistair Black's coming out and he's like, look at this idiot. Seth gave him an offer he can't refuse and the idiot refused it. Like I, I think that's Jerry at his best. I think whoever 
Seeing what's happened to Corey Graves, last week announced the worst booker, of the, the worst announcer of the year by the Wrestling Observer, Reader Poll. He, he's amazing. And they managed to make him so obnoxious and very off-putting to listen to. Yeah. That anyone you put in there is gonna be annoying. I actually thought of this when, during Elimination Chamber, I was like, oh man, I do <coughs> not like Corey's commentary at the moment. He is, he's just a sound, he's like Michael Cole, they're just two soundboards. Mm. Like, they don't need to be there. It's like, you know, Gina has the Holt one, get some, get <laughs> some. That's what they are now. Uh, George Todd. Edge versus Randy, chair on a pole match confirmed. <laughs> MVP on a pole match confirmed. <laughs> Oblivious Carry, can't believe how excited I was for Raw two weeks ago. It's not been a good two weeks. I, I didn't like this episode, uh, I, I, and I didn't like last week's episode, but I thought this week's was, a, in some ways, no, last week's had the ricochet burial, which is unforgivable, but this- Stop saying buried. <laughs> Uh, Oblivious carry again. What was the point of having Alistair in that match? Yeah. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, he started off a match with Seth. Dream match, you could argue. And then he just evaporates so they can have the 100th eight-man tag. That went for, what, 40 minutes that match went? It never ended. I had like five hot tag spots. Colostopia, Spider equals Raw script 10 minutes before show. <laughs> Drew equals Vince. Uh, didn't Cedric say always losing? to AJ is good when people were saying he's been buried? Well, what he said in the interview was that the AJ feud helped him massively and made him more over. Yeah. Uh, look at his Twitter feed today. Yeah. Uh, that, that he doesn't seem to believe that anymore. Uh, go and watch today's WrestleTalk News where Laurie dives more into that sort of frustration. Unfortunately, some sad news as well. Some so not sad, but unfortunate. Uh, next Monday was supposed to be Wrestle Talk presents the Battle of Brit Rest. We were going to put on a live show where we were going to have, have, you know, some of the best promotions from around the UK: NGW, WrestleGate, WrestleVerse, Soul in London, Will Ospreay's Frontline promotion. We'd agreed with all of them that they could each stage a match. Yeah. Um, you know, we had fantastic wrestlers on board, like OJMO, Sean yeah. Custom, who's just amazing. Callum our, Newman. Our scholarship winner, Callum Newman. In fact, I've just said one match. Yeah. Because that was my that was the match I was looking forward to most. They were going to have a three-way. I was really looking forward to what would have been a strong style match to behold, which Rampage Brown versus uh, Umino. But Shades for Umino, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. He, he was coming over from New Japan. He's John Moxley's young boy, um, Shota Romano. So yeah, um, but that was going to happen on Monday. A key word there being Monday, or was rather. And yeah, Monday's a key word. Yeah, but unfortunately, I, I don't know if you've been watching the news, folks, but there's a rather significant viral outbreak uh, of, of, you know, it, we woke up this morning, Italy's been quarantined. Yeah. Saudi Arabia is in quarantine. Like they've completely shut the borders on to let people in. So we've discussed it with live events people and we're gonna postpone Monday's show. We've already reached out to everyone who's bought tickets. If you've bought tickets, check your email. We, we've sent you an email with uh, the, the ways. If, if you want a refund, then we will totally refund and, and we'll try and you know make sure you don't lose out at all. And if you we're, we're gonna aim for the 1st of June. Yeah, so you yeah. can hold on to your tickets. Yeah, so you can keep hold of your ticket if you if you don't want to trade 
uh, if you don't want a refund. And if you do, we will reward you with some limited edition merch when we do put on the show because we already got all the event t-shirts printed yep. with the date. Yeah. So I think that's that's a, a I, um, bit of history. Yeah. I kind of feel like I should put some of that uh, that onus on mine as well because I was the one that was really pushing. It was like, it, need, it, need, date, it needs to have the date on <laughs> it. The date makes it important. No, I think that would be, <laughs> that, that's a true collector's edition now. Yeah. <laughs> the show that never happened yeah. because of um, what well, we found out that uh, New Japan are calling it um, the Steve Carino virus. Steve Carino virus. Rather than saying what it actually is called. And you've noticed that we're not saying it either because... Um, YouTube don't like us saying the word. They demonetize stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a shoot. That is a shoot. <laughs> that's a shoot, brother. Someone actually messaged being like, you know, I don't believe it's as serious as they say that YouTube are demonetizing. I was like, oh no, they really, really yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it, t it tells you in the back, and it's like, you have covered this yeah. subject, so we won't run uh, ads on it. Yeah. Which is fair enough. If ad advertisers don't want to have their stuff run in front of. Controversial subjects, that's yeah, totally different. They don't want to deal. be associated with yeah, it. But we're just going to get around that by not saying the <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, we're, we're, really, we're really sorry. Hopefully, you understand. And we will endeavor to put on this show on the 1st of June. If it's still, uh, you know, this epidemic is still a thing, to be quite frank, we've got bigger things to worry about by that point. Yeah, because that means it'll have been uh, really bad. Dave Meltzer keeps saying, yeah, like if WrestleMania does get cancelled, WrestleMania is going to be the least of our worries. Yeah. <laughs> Toilet roll. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, get contact admin at wrestletalk.com if you, if you can't find the email, if you've already bought tickets, that you can no longer buy tickets, so that should stop mm -hmm. anyone trying to get that stuff. Uh, but yeah, sad stuff. Uh, let's go into the play-by-play -play of Raw, which opened with Becky Lynch coming out in a much more serious portrayal. I much prefer this Becky Lynch to obnoxious, look at my big yellow coat and glasses indoors Becky Lynch. Completely agree. It's the, the character we should have had since the biting. Since the biting incident, we should have just had this Becky Lynch. So it just makes last week's Conor McGregor acting Becky Lynch make even less sense. I've got a, uh, a theory here. I ran through it in my Raw review in the video that went up earlier. But Becky Lynch comes out. She cuts a promo on Shayna because now they're officially confirmed for WrestleMania. That's going to be the match there. And she says things like, you're going to underestimate me. I won this title off your mate, Ronda Rousey. Now, it was standard stuff. I didn't think it, it didn't fully connect with me. Mm -hmm. I, this, this feud hasn't properly grabbed me yet. The bike thing was intriguing, and I liked all the stuff of Becky coming back. But since then, we've it's been really flat. I liked the the brawl they had at the contract zone, which is the week that you weren't here. But mm. that I really liked that. Well, I don't like the segment overall because it made everyone look like a complete jabroni, with the exception of Shayna Baszler. But uh, I thought actually the stuff between Shayna and Becky was awesome. But in Becky's promo, which is all about saying Shayna's a scumbag, she fights dirty. Mm. I'm going to teach her a lesson. So so stuff that isn't, you know, really like, well, I'll just carry on. She then says in the middle that Shayna is a black hole of charisma. It really stuck out, that line. And Chris Jericho, Mick Foley, just wrestling history in general, will tell you 
don't say that stuff in a promo because then that what, what does that possibly achieve? You make your opponent look like less of a star. You want to make you want to cut a promo in a way where your opponent is makes them look really really good, and then when you beat them, you look even better. The best example of this is the promo for Royal Rumble 2000. The the promo package that starts off with Triple H and Cactus Jack, where it's Triple H saying, "Cactus Jack, you're the hardcore legend. You're this. You've done all of this. You've accomplished this." And Cactus Jack, and you're Triple H. You're the World Wrestling Federation champion. You're the Cerebral Assassin. You're this. You're this. You're this. And then cutting in to be like, "But I'm this, and I'm this, and the other guy going, but I'm this, and I'm this." So they both made each other look amazing, and then have also said, "And I'm amazing." So the, now you want to see who really is the most amazing person. I actually got a little chill when you started uh, going oh, through that so promo. it's so good. It's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, but this line, yeah, it, you know, first of all, very ill-advised if that was a Becky or Paul Heyman move. I don't think it is. We have never had this criticism on WWE TV before. You know, no one's in NXT saying, yeah, but Baszler lacks charisma. Can't cut a promo. On, on, on the main roster, you know, the Survivor Series win, the Royal Rumble dominating performance. The Elimination when, Chamber. The Elimination Chamber. When, the, the big thing they're pushing is cage fighter Shayna Baszler. Never once has anyone said, you're a charisma vacuum, because she isn't. She's very charismatic. Incredibly. But the, a report came out last week that said that Vince McMahon watched the match against Kyrie Sane from Raw and didn't think she had WrestleMania presence and he's a bit negative on her now. Now, she was then put over very strongly at Elimination Chamber. We titled Luke's review yesterday as Shayna Baszler rumor killer because it seems like Vince McMahon is fully behind Baszler. This one line, and I know it's only one line, but this is the exact sort of crap that seems to seep through, tells me that's McMahon directive, because that's what he thinks. That was Vince McMahon talking. Or is it a case of, to play devil's advocate on here, that Jerry has, you know, Lawler has said in, the, in an interview that people are being given more free reign on their promos, that they're not as scripted as they once were, that this is Becky's opinion, that Becky thinks that she is a charisma, that she's a black hole of charisma. If that's the case, well then everything I just said is now aimed at Becky. <laughs> okay. Because then that's a bad wrestling promo and you just called out someone who's not well established really. I know she had a lot of big pay-per-view win mm. stuff, but she's not established on TV to this mainstream audience yet. To say, to say, never, never has it worked where you call out someone's charisma. Remember Tony Nese, and yeah. the whole thing that WWE commentary talked about was, yeah, but he's got no personality. Yeah, like, it was Daniel Bryan for deck, like years and years and years was like, oh, he's a great wrestler, but he's got no personality, so he's not going to be a champion. It kills them dead. So I, I, I was, that set me off on a bad mood. I wonder if, like, I'm only, I'm very much spitballing ideas here, uh, and I'm very much just being like, you know, possible potential theories, this and the other. But if Jerry's you know, comments are true and people are more of free reign to do this, I wonder if there was just an element of realism to Becky's promo there because she talks about how, hey, after WrestleMania last year, you didn't shake my hand when I beat your mate Ronda Rousey. Maybe she's, that is a real thing that happened and there's just been some resentment ever since then. Maybe Becky's got this resentment that Ronda came in and was basically the face of the... The, the women only got a push because Ronda was there and as soon as she left, they all got thrown to the wayside. Then maybe there is a bit of resentment there. She's like, you're just as bad as she is. Well, yeah, and all that stuff was very good. I don't think it's amazing. I don't think it was a particularly amazing segment, but that I, I think I still think all that can be real, and this line could have been forced in by McMahon. Absolutely, and you, you're absolutely right. I think you you you, you could be completely <coughs> on the money with that. 
Uh, next up, we had Rey Mysterio versus Angel Garza. Lucha. It is the Lucha segment for this week. Um, yeah, this was, as usual, very, very good stuff between them. Um, I quite like the, the, fun, the final sequence of Rey blocking the wing clipper, mm -hmm. Garza blocking the Canadian destroyer, but Rey managed to hit the 619 for the win. Also glad to see that Garza is still with Zelina Vega. Yeah, he is also, he did get a kiss from someone at ringside. Yes, his gimmick, because he goes and gets... I know, but, you know, Steve. Steve? <laughs> Do you really want to? <laughs> yeah. Well, for a second, all I heard was, you know, basketball. You know, when yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. the psych then she goes, Steve Perry. <laughs> uh, I, I, great match, this. Uh, Rey yeah. Mysterio won. He's Rey Mysterio. Great. Yeah. I just, I, and I know people, like, not all my favourites can be undefeated. I wouldn't have had Angel Garza lose. And you're like, what? Well, yeah, but he's in there with Rey Mysterio. Don't book him against Rey Mysterio then. There he can wrestle non-Latinos. Yes, I mean, this, like these lads are all just facing each other and they're all just sort of picking up wins over each other, but also picking up losses over each other as well. Like if you look at those four, if you look, Mysterio, Garza, Andrade and Carrillo, does anyone else feel like they have got more momentum than the other? Because Carrillo just keeps on losing. Gaza picked up the win over Carrillo at Super Letdown, but then gets a loss here. Andrade took the loss in the tag match last week, but then got the win at Elimination Chamber. It's just like they're all at 50-50 level. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's the worst of 50, not the worst, but it is flattening out this, this feud. And I still it gets think we're repetitive. Getting that, yeah. It does, yeah. I think we're getting that four-way at WrestleMania. I'm still, still quite pushing for that. Footage from earlier in the day, uh, Kevin Owens arrives and Seth Rollins and his goons beat him up. Yes. While Seth munches on some popcorn. Yeah. Was, uh, this popcorn was not as yellow as the... I've taken some heat in the comments for saying that the popcorn was too yellow. I was like, it was buttered. And I'm like, dude, I get that. Yeah. yeah. It was so yellow. <laughs> it was chemically yellow. This yellow? No, no. Because it, this was like... This looked like it had been painted by a Crayola. Steve Austin is going to be on next week's Raw because yeah. it's... The 16th of March. Yeah, it's 316. Doesn't make any sense yeah, the work. way uh, Europeans do. Oh, can we say that anymore? <laughs> British people <laughs> Still European. do uh, the dates. But yeah, you Yanks, 316. Yeah. Great. Uh, Rhea Ripley then got a tour around the WrestleMania stadium. Uh, hopefully that's not what it looks like <laughs> come the actual day <laughs> in an empty arena. <laughs> Yeah, Steve, Steve, Steve. Steve. Uh, yeah, this was Rhea Ripley. Because <laughs> um, I just got a promo being like, you know, hey, I'm from NXT and this is going to be a really big stage for me. When I came in, a lot of people <laughs> compared me to Charlotte because I'm tall and blonde. Did they? Well, she's tall and blonde, so. I've never heard anyone say that. No, but I do think I love looking back at first Mae Young classic Rhea Ripley because she is nothing like mm. this Rhea Ripley now. Um, you know, so she's the best. To be the best in the business, you've got to beat the best in the business. So she's going to beat the best in the business at WrestleMania. Nice little promo to, to hype up uh, the Mania match. Do you not like it? No. Oh, I quite uh, like it. Maybe I was in a bad mood today. I didn't like it. I got the sense of, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. There, there is that element to it, but I think that was that was helped by the following segments. Yes, but I, I, it just worries me that they took the time and effort to go and make this video package where she got a tour off site and you know that to me says this is what people see her character as backstage and I hate all this and it's every time someone gets called up from NXT oh I'm just so thankful for the opportunity 
It's rubbish. There, I mean, we'll, I was going to bring this up later when we get to the Bobby Lashley Zack Ryder match, but like Zack and Kurt Hawkins are total people that WWE think that everyone is, which is those two people think they're lucky to be there. And they don't want to be anywhere else in the world. They grew up as WWF, uh, WWE fans. They don't want to go anywhere else. Um, and I realized this yesterday when I was looking at um, Kurt Hawkins uh, reposted a video clip of him or a gift from him from Elimination Chamber where he did a clothesline and then did the Raven Tommy Dreamer pose. And just tweeted saying like, I got to do the Raven Tommy Dreamer pose in Philadelphia. That's a life goal complete. And I'm like, that is why you are like yeah. the perfect employee for this company because you do just think you're lucky to be here. Uh, after that, Charlotte Flair comes down and cuts a promo, sort of answering the stuff that Rhea Ripley, well, kind, kind of answering, saying, you'll never be me. And I, I just watched a video saying, well, Ripley said, I don't want to be you. And, and I think that what she was saying was just like, because she is the you know, cocky heel Flair coming out and being like, you can say that you're going to beat me all you want, but you're not. You're never going to be as good as me anyway, because I've already done this. I've already wrestled in front of 90,000 people. And in front of this next 90,000 people, you're going to get humbled by the Queen. This is my kingdom. And then Rhea comes out. Charlotte's like, do you know what? We've heard enough from you already. So Rhea just punches her in the face and leaves. I thought that was quite effective. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the punch was, but I was already, I'd already mentally given up on this segment because of the, 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 the misrepresentation of Ripley. Because mm. when I see stuff like that, it says to me, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get more lame Ripley. Um, do tell me if I'm being uh, I don't know. I don't overly think you are. No. salty in the comments. I don't, I don't think you are being overly salty, but I was thinking then it would be very fun to see what the dynamic is of the comments because we usually get your AEW bias or you like WWE too much. And I feel like on this one, I'm almost coming on the side of WWE in a lot of this, yeah. and your AEW bias is shining through. So <laughs> it's going to be a very fun... Pentagon? <laughs> it's going to be a fun dynamic in the comments for today's episode. Bobby Lashley beat Zack Ryder. Yeah, he sure did. WrestleMania's four weeks away. <laughs> Alistair Black was sitting in his closet when someone actually knocked. Yeah, he came in for a fight. Seth Rollins, and he's not your buddy Murphy, uh, said, oh, come on, join our faction. And Black's like, oh, he just knocked on the door. But it's, what, it, what Rollins said was, you've been really struggling with the numbers game. I'm like, he won at Elimination Chamber. Like, <laughs> he's all right, mate. Yeah, I just, I feel well, like... because of The Undertaker, but he still won. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I just, I, I didn't, I thought the, the, there was a, a, a lack of attention to detail on this episode that was really obvious mm. compared to a, an excellent run of raw programming for the preceding six weeks. Uh, and that's just one tiny example. But speaking of, next up we had Eric Rowan <laughs> versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, by the way, he's main eventing WrestleMania in four weeks, though. He is, yeah. So. Gets a big squash match over a big guy. Yeah. So Eric Rome first started this What's in the Cage tease about, I don't know, three months ago. And it was never good. And then, for whatever reason, Vince McMahon probably woke up and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Reveal it. And he did last well, week. I thought you were going to say Vince McMahon woke up and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So they took him off TV for three weeks and sort of jumped him out in the Royal Rumble. That as well. And he, he revealed backstage what's in the box. And it's this fake animatronic spider. Yeah. And we are, which you are supposed to believe was real. It was mm. a giant tarantula. So he, he brought it down uh, in the cage and Drew ve very impressively did this belly-to-belly, -belly, overhead belly-to-belly suplex yeah. on Rowan on the outside. Awesome. 
and then he grabs the steps and he just smashes the cage in with the. You know. But then the commentators played it up like, well, whatever's in there has, has got to be crushed by now. Like, we know what's in there. Jerry started off the promo, uh, this match going like, I hope no one's got arachnophobia here. So they know what's in there. Oh, I just thought it, it's nonsense. It was absolute nonsense television because they're saying stuff that doesn't match up with everything else I've seen. And I'm going to, but before I say this, I do want to preface. I thought the reveal was crap. Like it, it managed to actually be lower than my very low expectations that I had for the reveal of this, this whatever was going to be inside the cage. But in this kayfabe world of WWE, Big time baby face Drew McIntyre killed someone's pet. Like, is that befitting of a baby face champion to just go down there and be like, I don't like your pet, so I'm going to crush it with stairs. Like, Rowan loved that pet. That, that might have been Rowan's only friend. And Drew McIntyre killed that friend <laughs> and acted like a, <laughs> whoops, look what I did. I killed your pet. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Drew's safe. Uh, he's he's really really affable, great screen presence, but this this did th there was a period when Sheamus was in that spot, and then Sheamus just started being a dick, <laughs> even though he was a babyface. I think he was feuding with the Big Show, and he just started bullying the Big Show or Mark. Henry, I can't remember who it was, and it's uh, obviously WWE's perceptions of what is bullying behavior are totally warped, so they probably see it as jovial banter. And I think the spider killing will be okay. It'll be completely okay. I was, I'm, I'm being very... But, like, yeah. but, you're, but it, it's right to be concerned. I think... I don't say I'm concerned. I just thought it was really funny that they had a baby face kill a pet. Ho hopefully it's more of a case of, I am, I am good booking. I that, will get rid of this bad booking. It's why he was picked to do it. It's yeah. because clearly they saw the reaction to it last week and were shocked. I'm doing bunny ears <laughs> for um, podcast listeners. Um, that people thought it was crap. So they were just like, well, let's just go out and Drew out there. Everyone thinks it's crap. He can destroy the bad booking and people will like him even more. Yeah. So, you know, so I suppose in a way it's a thumbs up. They never mentioned it again. Rowan didn't even get to sort of mourn the loss of it on television. So we'll see if there's any follow-up to it next week. I doubt it. I think that's, that's it. And it's really sad to see after Rowan was one of the breakout stars of last summer. But even though it's infuriating, that they did this for four months of TV time with no real payoff. It's probably for the best that it's just been literally sm smushed and swept under the carpet. Say, yeah, I mean, granted, it's not on the same level of, as the anonymous Raw GM, where it's just like, we actually don't have a plan for this, but we're just going to keep doing it until we think of one. Mm. And then we're like, ah, it's Hornswoggle. Huh. Uh, no, okay. I mean, it wasn't on the same level of like, you know, it was un encompassing the entire uh, show. But this was given TV time. Yeah. And I think the worst part about it, and it's something that you and I have mentioned a few times, Rowan did get himself over. You know, despite the best efforts of the fake Rowan and the who ran over Roman Reigns storyline, he did get over as like this big level heel on SmackDown. And then he went to Raw, where Paul Heyman likes to book the big guys. They gave him this gimmick, didn't work, and now he just loses every single week. Just given up on him. It's a real shame. It is a shame. Uh, after that, we got a fantastic video recap package of the Orton Beth Phoenix Edge stuff. Terrific. Re re like WWE do video packages better than anyone else in the, in the world. 
and then the Kabuki Warriors cut a promo. Probably the best <laughs> promo of the show. It was incredible. It was all, amazing. All in Japanese, but they, you know they were so animated and they were stomping around and the yeah, it was they're fantastic. just pissing themselves, laughing. Saint worried about Asuka's hand. Asuka's not. She wants to beat people up. Mm. I thought it was really great. I thought it was great. Yeah, and they were facing Liv Morgan and Natalia. Uh, this was actually a really good match. I thought. Um, it's just the crowd died a bit because this whole Riot Squad storyline. Who's it for? <laughs> them, I guess. Like, is it for them? Because I don't think... It's... Who liked the Riot Squad? Like, who said the Riot Squad's my favourite act in WWE and I was, I'm sad to see them split up? Well, we should, again, love Ruby Riot, love Liv Morgan, love, love Sarah, Sarah Logan. Logan. We're not acute, like saying anything bad against them as performers. But just the way them and that faction was booked. They were never booked to be, like, good. It's like people, like, oh, wish the welcoming committee would come back. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not as bad as the welcoming committee, but God, there's nothing I wish the, to uh, it. I wish the League of Nations would come back. They were never presented as anything, ev like, proper, really. Just They were just bodies to get through for Ronda Rousey on most occasions. Um, and that's what happened. Ruby Wright came down, then Sarah Logan came down. They started brawling. Liv Morgan decided to jump on them both like despite being idiot. in a match. Yeah, like an absolute idiot. Dived off the top rope and hurt herself and cost her team the match. Yeah, because then the, t the numbers game got the better of Natalia. Yeah. I thought this... Absolute div. I thought this was rubbish. Div Morgan. I, th I thought this... Uh, the more I think <laughs> about it, the crapper this episode gets. <laughs> uh, then we had the AJ Styles promo that we've already covered. Uh, Charlie Caruso tried to talk to Randy backstage, but he was too busy brooding. Hey, and WWE made the announcement their YouTube channels had 40 billion views, so they're catching up on us. Mm. <laughs> uh, then, just to sort of really hammer home the infuriation, <laughs> Riddick Moss got another 24-7 championship match. It was against Cedric Alexander, another former Paul Heyman guy who Vince apparently just decided to give up on. Former 24-7 champion, Cedric, I think. Probably. And yeah, Moss just squashed him yeah. in a couple of minutes. To complete silence as well. They're, they're trying to push Moss, I guess. Oh, well this is a- I, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they are. Neither guy looks good coming out of this. Cedric looks rubbish, Moss, who cares? And it's a shame, because they're both, they both talented people, apparently Moss, is one of the most athletic, like athletically gifted people on the whole roster. I wouldn't know that. No. What's his character? Well, he's 24-7 champion. He's the longest reigning 24-7 champion. Uh, but yeah, did you see Ricochet was on main event? He did. Well, he, you know, didn't he main event the show? So there's always that. Main evented main event. <laughs> uh, then we got MVP suddenly in the ring, and he says how effectively he's gonna become a manager now, and he wants to manage Edge. Yeah, he's like a stable. And Edge comes down, full of piss and vinegar, really good selling of just fury, and, and calls out Randy Orton immediately. And MVP's like, all right, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. So Edge spears him. Well, he said, yeah, how's your wife? Yeah, which was, this was good. Yeah, and so Edge just turns around, gives him this crazy spear, uh, and then Randy Orton just appears out of nowhere, and they start brawling, and Edge gives him the RKO and lays him out. It was pretty cool. Pretty bad RKO. Oh, I thought I really liked this. I was... I, th this bit was good. I like I like that bit because this has been the best storyline in the company. Yeah. It's up, it's apart, up apart there in Otis, the whole of Apart wrestling. from Otis yeah. and Mandy. And uh, then he took, like, so Randy Orton then bails and 
Uh, Edge goes out, gets two chairs, and gives MVP a couple of concertos. Mm. So you think they're going to set up a triple threat for WrestleMania? Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone wants to see. <laughs> Is MVP involved? I... Do you not like this? I thought it was de definitely the weakest segment of this excellent feud. Yeah, okay. But I loved everything Randy did. Him at the top of the ramp, yeah, the watching of on, yep. as because yep, as Ed, Edge sort of like MVP down here. This is what I'm going to do to you. Buff, buff, buff. But I thought where the fun of everything else has come from complexity and subtlety, this was. I just, I, you know, MVP didn't work in this segment for me. He, well, he needed to be there so that Edge could do something to someone. Well, I, I don't. I so just don't think I. I get what you're saying. There must be a version of this segment, Edge's return. That I, I don't think it emotionally connected with the crowd as well. They started chanting one more time. I feel a bit. I know you felt kind of jokingly weird about the spider being killed yeah. by Drew. I wasn't. I. I didn't enjoy MVP being hit with a second concerto. Edge has just been written off for five weeks because of this, um, and now he does it to a dude who was behind him. Matt Hardy's been effectively killed by him. Exactly. Twice. Lake of reincarnation. So I, I, yeah. I, I wasn't that hot on this. I, there's one way that this easily could have been improved. Absolutely one way that this could have easily been improved. You don't pre-announce it. Yes. Don't spend the whole show being like, Edge is coming back, Edge is coming back. You announce on social media, Edge is coming back, Edge mm. is coming back. You have his return, the first time you've seen him since the post-Rumble show, as a surprise, because that crowd wouldn't have been expecting it. Yeah. And the crowd would have popped massively as soon as you think you know me kicks in. The same way that when American Badass, like when Limp Bizkit come out, people were like, oh my God, Fred Durst is here. Um, they would have gone absolutely nuts for it. And I don't feel we got that pure, pure moment because WWE said, by the way, Edge is going to be on this show and then spent the first two hours of the show being like, guess who's coming up next? Guess who's coming next? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's an easy fix. Uh, I, I still think the MVP stuff was problematic, but the rest of it would have been so awesome, yeah. it kind of overshadows it. And I've got to say as well that I'm going to give them credits here because <laughs> at least this felt like a consistent bit of character work. Like, Edge didn't come out for a promo. He didn't come out to be like, I want to address Randy on a face. I, he was like, no, I want to kill this dude. This dude tried to kill, end my career. He attacked my wife last week. I really, really want to hurt this man now. This felt like an actual blood feud that was boiling over. And so at least we got that from Edge as opposed to him coming out and being like, by the way, I'm back now. Yeah, you're right on that one. And Randy's selling of it on yeah. the ramp where it's kind of, he's got this face of, oh man, I'm, d I'm, I'm doing this for you. It was great. Also, Edge used uh, Jake Hager's cuddle yeah, submission I was on MVP. Say, yeah, stop that now. <laughs> it sucks when Hager does it. I, Edge does not need a submission move. <laughs> you've already got, you've got the spear, he's mate. Got, he's got a submission move. He had the, uh, the Edgecator or whatever it's it was. Like he had that. lots of like Edge-based puns. Um, but yeah, you've got the spear. The spear's over. Like You don't need to start introducing a head and arm choke. Everyone's got a spear these days. <laughs> That'll be the new super kick before yeah. the decade's out. Triple H. Got the Arnold Classic Lifetime Award. Yeah, congratulations to him. Well done. Uh, Paul Heyman and Drew McIntyre have this really awesome back and forth video package where they're, they're talking about mm -hmm. all their various accomplishments. Um, and uh, Drew here was, as a, we were talking about earlier with the Becky thing, you know, Heyman was like, Brock Lesnar has been so dominant in this company for 18 years. No one has been as dominant as him. And Drew's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. He has been dominant until I showed up. 
Like that he put over Brock, but over perfect. himself. Yeah. Um, then Charlie told Edge that Randy's gone. I don't know how he got away so quickly. Like Edge was chasing him. Yeah. He must have cut, you know, cut it, down it, the side alley or something. It's just bad. It's just bad. I didn't need this extra bit. Yeah. It, it just it was a, it was a loose end that they tried to tie up and then went ugh. <laughs> and then the final hour of the show really started with Seth Rollins versus Alistair Black. Really looking forward to that. I yep. was hyped, just like last week when I was really hyped for AJ Styles versus Alistair Black. But what happened? They started it. It was a pretty decent match. Pretty decent stuff. But then Black starts to make a comeback. Buddy jumps in. He's not the Buddy's Murphy. AOP rundown. Mur, 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 schmoz. And then the Viking Raiders rundown. Guess who's that? Yeah, the Street Profits have come down. And then before you know it, it's an eight-man tag. And there's no Alistair Black he there. He just disappeared. Did he go with Randy? <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just sat there thinking, I had no, 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 but I had... I had the thing I wanted. I was waiting for him to come back. Yeah. Like during this match, because this match went for so long. This match lasted forever. I was, I was shocked. So when Montez Ford got the, and it was a uh, row. When Row got the hot tag, I was like, okay, and here we go. And then they went to an ad break. I was like, what? And then they cut back, and the heels are working over Row. I was like, you've got to be. This is like the third hot tag spot now. And I was. Just, Waiting for it to end, and then I'm waiting for Alistair Black to come out, being like, "Well, surely Alistair Black's got to make a return. Otherwise, why would you've done the Alistair Black Seth Rollins thing in the show? Was he beaten up that bad that he couldn't come out for this at all? Just waiting for it to happen, and this match just went on and on and on and on and on. Eventually, everyone did their big moves. Everyone did some dives. Rollins picked up the win. Kevin Owens attacked him afterwards, and they all beat up Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah no Alistair Black. But, and and that's that's it. Like, but how many times have we seen this play out? Yeah. I'm that I love these guys in this feud, but it's the same stuff every week. It's really uninspired and copy and paste, and it's lazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and and it's starting to affect people like Black, who because they've only got so many spots, he just he evaporates, and, and you know, like he's not getting his heat back. No. And like it's, I said this in the review, but like. The win for Black over AJ has clearly done nothing for him. You know, he beat AJ Styles, a former two-time WWE champion, a guy that is going to have a one-on-one -on -one match with The Undertaker. And people said this about us last week. They said, oh, you guys were so harsh in the Alistair Black segment because it was there to put over Black. Um, but really, he was just a background for The Undertaker feud. And then at Elimination Chamber, he was just the background for The Undertaker feud. And then here, he's just been the background for the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins feud. Exactly. So he's, just a, he's a background player. Like, there's no direction for him, even though he picked up a win on Sunday. Overall, I thought this was a poor episode. Two out of five. I, get, I had initially as an average. I thought it was, you know, it was perfectly felt like a low average. Like, it was mm. fine. Um, I lost interest about halfway through the show, pretty much after the Edge stuff. And then I was bored at other points. But, you know, talking about it with you, I think you've, you've highlighted a few things that I don't think I quite picked up, and I, I do agree. I think it was poor. Dragged you down. Dragged me down. Like the fiend under a ring. Yeah. And thank you for our Super Chat modders. 
Garage Art with a V, Les. Thank you, Les. It's and like the credits of a show. Yeah. And in the chats, Hawkeye, Jeremy, Runner, and Bumhead, Rob. Bumhead, Rob. Thank That's you. My favourite one. Thank you both. Uh, thank you all for for the hard work that you've done in the moderating section mm. of this show. Now let's speed through these super chats. There's a few of them. Colourst. Oh, we've done that one. A metal bear. Was anyone else annoyed when Black was elevated to the main event and Thanos away just as the match started getting good? Hashtag a lovely time of the boys. Hashtag thumbs up party. Well, your mistake there was uh, thinking that you got elevated. Yeah, but yeah, we just talked about that. We totally agree. Michael Dominguez. Tyler Black versus Alistair Black had all the hype and Black could have been saved, included in the Messiah story. But where did he go post-match? WWE give up, confirm. It does feel like they are... Flattening him out a bit. I think though they get, he's getting that main event rub. It's do you remember how like uh, the revival when they got beaten up by DX and um, uh, the Ballad Club? And they were like, man, they got the rub. They got the rub being in the ring with with all those guys. Right, it did work out for them. <laughs> John Johnstad. Oh, by the way, Tyler Black was Seth Rollins's Ring of Honor name. Yeah. So. There is an interesting thing there, but WWE would never bring that up. John Jostad, is AJ shooting on Taker by bringing up McCool? Just Vince's way of getting back at both Taker and McCool for their Twitter remarks. WWE are not doing anything without Undertaker's sign-off, yeah. in my opinion. He's so well-respected backstage, locker room leader, industry, just icon. Yep. And Vince you know, loves him too much to, to do something like that. Uh, Mark Flay, Becky's promo reminded me why I love her. I, outside of that one line, I did like the rest of the promo. And this was like, I was just glad to see the back of the Conor McGregor Becky that wasn't working in this storyline. Uh, Quinn Stewart, I'll pay a lot of money to have Luke Gallows reprise Fake Kane and do Biker Taker <laughs> versus Fake Kane at Mania. Yes. Siddharth Online, I think they brought up Michelle because of the tweet. I agree. Um, but I don't think it was needed. No. And, you know, overall, it's actually quite a minor story. Uh, Nate drops surname. As bad as the cage was, I still kind of felt sad for Rowan. Poor guy lost his only friend. Makes Drew look a bit like a bully. Come on, be a star. Yeah, killed a pet. Like, that, if, you have, if you've got a pet at home and someone came around and killed your pet, would you think that they're a good guy? If it was a vet and <laughs> my pet was really ill. Yeah. I would, I would say thank you. Yeah, I think that's probably the only exception in this. Phoenix, Shayna gets some bad heat simply because I think people who don't watch NXT, like Vince McMahon, <laughs> think she lacks talent in general, that she's a bad worker. But I've seen people who uh, say they watch NXT and think that she's boring. We had a few comments yesterday in the Elimination Chamber who just think that her matches are boring. I must say, I, I'm, I'm not particularly enamored by her pay-per-view matches. Aquante mm -hmm. uh, Hunter, not as excited for Ripley versus Flair after they teased the triple threat with Belair. Got to stop fantasy booking things. Yeah, they, uh, poor old Belair. Yeah. I don't think that was ever going to happen though. It was just a way to get Char have, give Charlotte to do. Something. No, it's not. But like, it felt like I don't know. <laughs> I, I I kind of sympathise with people who think that they might have made it into a triple threat because Belair has just become the forgotten part of this build because they had. You know, they were building something on the main roster, but also had to build something for TakeOver. Mm. So she was, like, involved in this and now has just had to be forgotten about because they've done the bit that they knew with NXT so they could just throw her to the curb and, and move on. Ket, Autumn versus Edge in a chairs match at Mania. Book it! There we go, the chairs. I think it will be an ODQ match. Oh, yeah. I think they'll have a lot of smoke and mirrors. Nate drops surname. MVP presses charges. Edge arrested. Three-way match made. 
hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna do like a real two thousand five match, you may as well have MVP in there. Or if you're gonna do a twenty nineteen match, arrested, suspended, <laughs> quit, come back. Yeah. Injection. How much do you bet that Vince tore up the script? Feels like one of those shows. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that's what happened last week, and it hadn't happened the previous six weeks. Yeah. Which just so happened to be the best programming WWE have put on in years. Only there was some correlation. King Rasta, aka Kyrie Sane's current boyfriend, we got ourselves an eight man tag player. <laughs> holla, holla. <laughs> Uh, on the subject of WWE brackets general, um, Jose Vasquez, is it just me or the WrestleMania matches uh, made three months prior rather than long-term booking? Love y'all's show. Um, yeah, yeah. But they start, they get the plan in place by Survivor Series. Uh, and that seems to be the case with Raw, but SmackDown's changing daily. Yeah. And like, but, uh, you know, I think that's... Yeah, I think that's fine. Like that is like three months is you know that, that could that's easily could, could be called long term booking. That's you know, having a plan from Survivor Series through to Mania. I think is the real smartest thing. You're right. It's like SmackDown is just like uh, what's the what's the temperature like today? It's Goldberg Reigns. Um, Syra Pro Fitness or Syra Pro Fitness. Uh, anyone know when Cedric's contract is up so he can move to AEW and be with his wife, Big Swole? I didn't know they were married. They are. Um, so the first Cruiserweight Classic was 2016, and that's when everyone chanted, please sign, sign Cedric. Cedric. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's due. But you know, Three years seems to be the, the terms yeah. of stuff back then. Unless he signed a five-year deal, yeah. Mm. Uh, Pappy, let Andy out of his cage. What's NXT for Ricochet? Alistair, haha, <laughs> get it. NXT. Oh, send him down there. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, Jake C, Taker should make Alistair the next phenom. It's this guy's fantasy booking. Mm. Um, although I don't think you need to be saddled with like an old gimmick. Like that doesn't, that never works out for anyone. Uh, David Rodriguez, hope US title match at Mania is a four-way ladder match. Also, what finishes do you guys genuinely pop for? One-winged angel. I get very, very excited when someone goes up there. As contrived as it is. And it is contrived. Currently it's the buckshot and because I'm <laughs> waiting for that. Oh, moment. yeah, 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 buckshot. Uh, but... Really, and this is going to sound very hypocritical given the way that I sometimes talk about it, the Canadian Destroyer. I always pop when it's done. Mm. I always make a note of the Canadian Destroyer. I love it. Uh, David Myers, I wonder if one of these clauses in Ronda's contract is her horsewomen get a push before she comes back. I think Vince sees her as a Bush League Ronda. Thoughts? Potentially on Vince's perception, yeah. I think Heyman just loves Shayna. Yeah. Like, I think Heyman has always earmarked Shayna to come up to the Raw roster. Like, he feels, she, I mean, he likes his, you know, MMA fighters. He likes people who feel real, and mm -hmm. Shayna does feel real. So I can easily see that Heyman just really, really likes her. Yeah. Uh, Colostopia, do you guys think uh, Vince has more control on Raw again? Feels that way. Yeah, since, you know, the reports were, he, he was, he's been doing XFL stuff. But he was backstage at Raw last week, and it was a bad show. I wouldn't be surprised if the same happened here. Um, injection. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. NXT uses live events to try out new gimmicks. Shouldn't WWE lose li use li the live event system to do the same thing? Uh, they do. Hmm. That's what live shows are for. Yeah, WWE do do that. Uh, Adam Hunter. They should have a Vince's guy versus Heyman guy Survivor Series match. Loser leaves WWE and have Vince lose. 
I've got no interest in seeing a Vince Heyman feud play out on TV. In 2020. Just just do that behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, King Rasta, no matter how bad the stories are, I'd rather watch them than the pissant company AEW. They're just a t-shirt company. Just a t-shirt company. Uh, Metal Bear, NXT Anderson Black is possibly one of the best in-ring talents I've seen. It's absolutely infuriating that WWE keep cutting him off at the knees. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's what he needs as well. It's part of his uh, strike arsenal. Um, chisel to lovely time with the boys in the waiting room, presumably watching us in a doctor's somewhere. Yeah. Michael Plowman, you got a shout out on this show. You did, mate. Uh, awake early enough to catch you boys live. Yay. Dance, chopper. Uh, the Zornice, did you vote in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter poll? If, how, and thoughts? Uh, I did not vote. No, I didn't vote either. Um, I don't know how you vote, but you go and watch our WrestleTalk podcast episode from last Friday and we go into it in mm. depth there. Pavi let Andy out of his cage. You don't have to cancel the wrestling show. <laughs> Just put both wrestlers on green screens and mosh both videos, LOL. Yeah. We didn't think of that. No, do you remember that was going to be WWE's plan for Daniel Bryan? When yeah. uh, they refused to go to Saudi Arabia, they were like, we're going to film it because it's a green screen. <laughs> Joe Earls. If, yeah, he's, he's, he didn't disagree with travelling. I think he disagreed with the show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Joe Earls, if you want to survive the outbreak, you just need a little bit of vitamin C. Hashtag Captain Charisma. Oh, good, good gimmick for uh, Christian there. Right. Well, you know, if you want to want true immunity, I've got some crystals. <laughs> got some crystals I bought. My mum sent them, like she said, check out this Facebook link. <laughs> always, always a, a classic start. They, they are expensive, but, you know, they're coming from uh, Eastern Europe, so... That's a sign of quality. Mm -hmm. Pavi let Andy out of his cage. Is that beer a normal beer? Luke's cheeks are red. Oh, it's also sometimes just you know, blushing or something in front of Ollie Davis. But You're also, that's quite <laughs> a strong beer. Bloody hell. Professor Profanity. I'm Ollie Davis, and this is a su 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 super chat. Thank you very much. Kevin Frank. What are your thoughts on the Elite versus Inner Circle Blood and Guts match? As excited as I am, I think it's too soon, and they should wait until All Out. Hmm. I think it could have been on pay-per-view. Absolutely. It's done to, done to pop a rating. I but think it's a great idea. Have a sort of pay-per-view caliber dynamite every month. Well, that's, that was the point I was going to make, is that you could, and I think that's what AEW are currently moving themselves into, which I think is what NXT um, should have done as well. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've been saying this for uh, NXT when they were on the network, was just, you know, you don't, you've got four months between shows. Just have, sort of, you build to mini pay-per-view matches rather than having to do one every month. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for the match though. I just, I, Still, I don't like the name. I am annoyed they didn't announce it on TV. Yeah. I, 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 it's just baffling to me why you would give such a cool announcement away, not with characters and an angle, Completely, yeah. but on a tweet on yeah. a Sunday. No, I agree. Uh, Ian Karikui. Uh, Y'all keep safe with the virus out there. Some emojis. That goes to everyone. It does indeed. Wash your hands. Wash Sing your happy hands. birthday. Or um, Raspberry Beret. Uh, and one last minute super chat uh, from Injection. Given the reports from the Wrestle Talk website, go check it out, guys. How would WWE do a no crowd show at WrestleMania? Um, they would just do the same show, but it just there'd be no crowd there. Yeah, probably shoot it a bit differently. Yeah, cameras are a bit tighter. Definitely move venues. Yeah, I, I don't know, but you want the big sort of big stage, the big grandeur of WrestleMania. Oh, do you do that in a TV studio? Yeah, you don't do that outdoors where there will be zero atmosphere. It'd be like watching 28 Days Later. Yeah, it'd be creepy. Well, will we here either way? We're going to be uh, doing a live stream for it. Yeah. Steve won't put us down. Nope, oh, Steve God, Perry. <laughs>
before you get into your story, I just wanted to read you this. Uh, this comes in from uh, uh, Marcel, who says, Hey, Luke. He of, he of the apples. He of the apple mm. uh, liquor fame. He yes. claims that it does not taste of apples. Certainly tastes like apples. Yep. Um, who was actually, we found out, was going to be coming to Brit Rice. I know, I know. Oh, I know. But anyway, he emailed me uh, last week on Friday to say, as I'm currently sitting in my train towards WXW 16 karat gold, nice. I just wanted to thank you guys at Rest Talk for what you are doing. Just one example of how your work has influenced over here. Without you, I surely would not have met and have talked to Dan. Oh. Now, it's our third wrestling weekend we'll spend together, and I can say he's become somewhat of a friend of mine. This only Just happened. Somewhat. This only happened. Thank you. Uh, thanks to our mutual love of wrestle talk. We'll see Cara Noir, Eddie Kingston, Ilya Dragunov, Walter. I don't think those two actually made it in the end because uh -oh. of uh, NXT UK. Uh, Jeff Cobb, Bobby Guns, Black Taurus Bandito, Timothy Thatcher, David Starr, who's been forced out of the company mm. because of NXT, <laughs> and many, many more this weekend. <laughs> but sharing those moments with friends is the real fun of it. I just feel like it would be appropriate to tell you this, and please extend our thank you to the other guys in the office. One day I'll make it to one of Rest Talk's events and we'll have a proper beer together. So oh, now, no. how do you like them apples, Marcel Dura? Well fed, Marcel. Well, well fed. fed. Do you want to tell us about being well fed then, mate? Um, just somewhat of a friend with Dan. Well, I suppose... Sounds like some kind of mallet. But I suppose you don't want to make the sort of bold presumption that you are friends and then the other person go around like, oh, I don't, I don't really see you that way. Sorry, but I just, I just... Dan is genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever no. And 100% Dan does think that oh. Marcel's a friend. Oh, he's our friend. In the same way that he's our friend as well. Exactly. And like Marcel's our friend. Like everyone who listens to this podcast is our friends. But I appreciate Marcel taking it, you know, not... not carefully. Carefully, yeah. exactly. Because, you don't, yeah, I wouldn't, I'd hate to be someone that emailed him being like, and they're a really good friend of mine. And then I get a text message from me like, oh, it's, it's, just, it's strong. Yeah. I mean, I like you and all, but I don't... I wouldn't say that we're like friends. We just we just got a wrestling shows together. I just needed someone to split the cost of the <laughs> hotel room with. Yeah. Oh, now you've made it awkward. awkward. Also, oh. I don't think there'll be a fourth weekend now. Oh. Well, hopefully they had a cracking weekend. I mean, it sounded like a great show. Despite wrestling. The, despite the uh, controversy surrounding the show. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? it? Is well, we haven't really covered it because, unfortunately, no one really cares because no. it's it's quite a you know it's a story about a German promotion and Being, an indie star. Yeah, it's not WWE star. So it, we, I want to cover it on the podcast on Friday though. Mm -hmm. It's the, the exact reason that segment exists. Exactly. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, tell us about being uh, properly fed. So I, if you're just catching up with the WrestleTalk podcast now, me and my lady partner underwent a four-day fast because she has a uh, bad eczema on her hand we've tried everything can't get rid of it so we tried this apparently it's meant to sort of reset your gut your gut can get healthy and then you go on a 10 well it's to sort of like clear everything have a fresh start mm. and then you do 10 days of just eating kombucha it feels like yeah. <laughs> wait is kombucha the drink kombucha yeah, and it's kombucha and it is a drink. Whatever, miscellaneous. <laughs> Sauerkraut. Kombucha. Fermented foods, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I've been eating so much salad. And I don't eat salad. I've ne I, I hate salads. You don't make friends with salad. Mm. You don't make friends with salad. But uh, it's actually cleared up. 
Uh, the eczema. The eczema. Was the green pepper thing a bit of a worry though? The nightshade thing. So we're now thinking we're going to try and reintroduce that because that would be a shame if we can't have tomatoes, aubergines, particularly the aubergines, <laughs> peppers, yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, but no, it just seems to. Well, we think you know we did not eat food for four days. Mm. The stress that puts on the body yeah. can't be ignored. So hopefully it was just that. And now we're eating, we've done, got like three days of very, very healthy eating under our belts. Mm -hmm. It's clear, it cleared up almost the next day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good sign. It's a very good sign. And, and we can introduce tomatoes. Yeah. And I was like, what about chocolate? And she went, no. <laughs> no, that's not on the list of the things. How was your burger, though? Not that great. Oh, no! Because um, I made it myself. And I, you know me, I'm not a good cook. <laughs> and... I just assumed making a burger from scratch involved getting the mince, yeah. cracking an egg into it so it had a sort of binding agent, yeah. chucking in the oven. So it, it just ended up as dry, yeah. dry beef in a ball. Did you not even like season it? And no. why? Why were you? Because I read a thing that the salt dries out the meat no, when you cook it. No. And I, go, I don't know what I'm doing. Draw? No, it draws it out, which you need. Oh. oh. I'm sorry, man. Uh, but but I had, because I, I went a bit crazy, I had four eggs. <laughs> In the burger? No, no, no. I had I was like, well, the burger's happening, because that's all I can think about. And then I got second thoughts about the burger based on how it looked. So I made scrambled eggs with four eggs. Yeah. It's a lot of scrambled eggs. Yeah. And I had a whole avocado <laughs> mushed. And I, 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 ate the, I ate the burger. Mm. But the eggs and the avocado. Mm. What I wasn't prepared. I, I I was looking forward to the taste. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for just the simple pleasure. I'm. This is going to get taken out of context. The simple pleasure of having something in my mouth. Wow. It was great. It felt amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I'm taste. Sure it did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just when the jaw starts to move, it's getting worse. <laughs> it feels really, really nice. Yeah, 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 I saw I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get up to over the weekend? Uh, I went to go view a house uh, over Ooh, the weekend. Live stuff. Yeah, live stuff. Went to go view a house which we really, really liked uh, in a very cool area. Slightly further away from the station than we would have that we had been looking at previously. What are we talking walk-wise? What a mile. So it's like a 20 minute walk mm, to the station. I think over 15 is that 15 would be a push. But it's a seven minute bike ride. Ooh, you get so a bike, chain I, it up at the station. That's what I was thinking. Nice. But that just made my wife worry even further because what if I had to go on a road and there's awful drivers that are gonna hit me. Is it, have you looked at the bike route to nope, the station? We haven't yet, no. Could, could be all through lovely country lanes. That's what we're going to have a look at. We're also going to try the walk to the station as well and see how we really feel about it. We're going to look at it again mm. this weekend. Um, so yeah, so it's all go. Yeah. I. House is, we're getting a house valuation on Friday. Real, 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 real speak. This is not really podcast speak, mm. but I'll, I'll say it here anyway because maybe it will apply to anyone else. I've been saying it for quite a long time now but it's actually happening. The global economy is crashing. Mm -hmm. I would hold off on buying a house 
for a couple of months because the prices are going to plummet. Yeah, but then also so will our house price. Mm, interesting. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, if we could sell our house now and then hold off and then buy a house in a few months, that would be the case. But it's more likely that we'll have to sell this house and then just become part of yeah, a chain, yeah. in which case we'll all be buying during when it's in a, a terrible position. Yeah, so I guess that only really helps first-time buyers. Yeah. Which is good. Because, it is good. Because it's very problematic for first-time buyers. It's actually awful for yeah. first-time buyers, particularly in the UK, where it's really struggling because to get any form of property now, you've got to have an incredible amount of money, and then you've got to have even more money on top of that to pay for all the legal fees and stuff. You know, it was 40, 50 grand to get our first oh property. Lord. Like 50 grand, so that's a heck of a lot of money. I read an article a few weeks ago about um, when the UK put in those immigration things, and they, they, were, they were speaking very favorably about this points-based system, so hey, look, it's gonna only be good things because the house, like the demand on houses is gonna go down, and that means houses are gonna become more affordable again. <laughs> I'm like, it's the freaking Saudis in Kensington that are bringing the prices up. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, do you wanna have this email in from yes. a, a place that's also very expensive, uh, from Sweden. Uh, he says it's from Matt, he says, Hi, hello Luke, Ollie, Laurie, not, not Randy, Pete, Simon, all the WrestleTikes, Blake Hammy, piece of crap, Dave, gone not, but not forgotten, <laughs> and Adam. Greetings from Sweden. I've been really enjoying the podcast over the last few weeks and have to agree with Ollie that the content has been first class. Did I say that? Apparently so. <laughs> uh, however, something on Tuesday's, which is last Tuesday's podcast, uh -oh. rocked me to the core. Oh, damn it, because I was just hoping that was the one Pete filled in for me, but I was on this one. It was Ollie's statement that Haiku was the greatest <gasps> CGW oh, submission ever. I don't think that's controversial. Immediately after hearing this podcast, I was expecting you, Luke, the voice of reason, but to my utter disbelief, you agreed. Because it's true. Personally, I've always had a soft spot for the fishmonger, especially after hearing his never, promo on your podcast a few years ago. Never put in. We never signed the fishmonger. Yeah, officially. It's very important to note that, Chad. <laughs> his name's Matt. Oh, sorry, you're talking about Chad, who Chad is the fishmonger. Chad is the real-life yeah. fishmonger. Yeah. And the Beastmaster. And, of course, would have hoped that my own two submissions, two submissions, Zog the Alien and Wrestlebot... Wrestlebot's great. ...would have been in the discussion for top spot. However, the best submission ever surely has to be Thomas Cat. I'm willing to admit that maybe <laughs> I don't get the subtle genius of Haiku. Feel free to explain it to me in the extended outro. But Thomas Cat was awesome. Haven't felt this disappointed since the Wrestling Histories podcast went behind a paywall and then you had to make a payment to gain access to a link that didn't work. Oh dear. That's not still going, is it? I took all that down. Yeah, that all went down, yeah. Yeah. That was up, I think that was up there as sort of like a bonus thing. Because it was when you first did Patreon and you had it there as like, oh, here's a bonus thing you can also get yeah. if you haven't listened to it previously. But that, that's well all gone, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, sorry about that. I thought um, I thought I removed all trace of that so people weren't clicking dead links. Uh, but and nice to see the love for Thomas Cat. Very late edition. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the final edition. It's almost like when you're like, oh, yeah, that so-and-so did wrestle for ECW in, what, 2001? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, they were still running shows in 2001? <laughs> uh, but, so, I mean, I don't want to, like, I, assuming you don't know what a haiku is, mm. because... A haiku is a Japanese form of poetry that's very, very restrictive. It's like, what, like 18 syllables overall? Something like that. And it's two lines 
and I can I can I can give you one off the top of my yeah. head. We're looking down on Wayne's basement, but that isn't Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? So that's from, from Wayne's, Wayne's world. world. That was a haiku. Let me give you a more classic one. That they always tend to end on a just like oh thought provoking, but it's really really abstract. It's like the one I just said. <coughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I used that in my English class once when someone my teacher asked this was in GCSE level English as well. Asked for an example of a haiku, and that was the one I provided off the top of my noggin. I've got a. I'm I'm pretty disappointed in Google <laughs> because. The ones they're given as the top suggestions are crap. Haiku. Butterflies are cool. In the big, huge green forest, <laughs> they fly up so high. No, that's rubbish. No, this is rubbish. But anyway, ah, I'm looking at Kid Zone. Yeah. <laughs> Kid wrote that. Oh, I'm sorry. Best haikus. Um, but the genius of haiku and the reason why we appreciated it was because not only was the submission in the form of a haiku, it was also describing the wrestler Haku mm. from the old WCW days, or Meng, uh, as he was known uh, known there, and then Haku in in the WWF. And that was it. Was I just thought it was a really, really clever submission. I, th I thought it was a, a stroke yeah. of genius, really. There's a great Mark Twain quote where he um, he sort of he used to write a lot of letters, and it was like this four-page-long letter to a friend, and he signs it off with. I'm really sorry, I would have written you a shorter letter if I had the time. So mm. when you see things that aren't long, you know, only two lines, yeah. that might have required a lot more thought than that 10-page essay you wrote out. Yeah. And that, that I, I think less is more. Um, here's, here's an example of a good one from Yos Abasson. The light of a candle is transferred to another candle. Spring twilight. We're looking down on Wayne's basement. <laughs> But that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? Um, Reese, thank you as well for your email about blue collar dreaming. Someone did suggest actually on the oh, podcast. We done that that for a while. No, I know, but someone suggested as well that we call them blue collar jobbers. Blue collar jobbers. That's perfect. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I don't mind the blue collar bit and that. No, I, th I thought it was really good as well. Uh, I suggested it to Pete. I don't think he particularly got it. Um, it was on the episode that he was on. So, um, but anyway, that's uh, going to do us for. Cool. We've actually got to go record another show now. So, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with the AEW review. Laurie and Pete will be doing the NXT review. We'll have the magazine show on the. Uh, Friday. 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 Because, New day of the week. Because Smackdown will be on Saturday. Uh, yeah, so fun times ahead. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 